Welcome to another episode of Focus Points, where we ask one simple question. What do we need to know in order to profit more from reading this book of the Bible? Let's look at another book of the Bible together so that we can better know our God and His Word. Today we're going to be looking at the books of Haggai and Malachi. Now we're looking at these two books together because they are both post-exilic prophets, all right? They're they're two of the three minor prophets that were written after the captivity. And so because they were written after the captivity, after God had restored Israel back to the land, they have some very appropriate messages about obedience and about the exercise of religion after you kind of have rejected the idols and are at least trying to follow after God. And so even though Malachi comes about 90 years after the book of Haggai, um, they really do target the same type of heart issues in both of their writings. So what do we need to know about the book of Haggai? Well, Haggai ministered during the first 15 to 20 years after the the return from Babylonian captivity. And his focus is really on obedience to God's purposes, obedience to God in what God wanted them to do now that they had come back to the land. And that was essentially build the temple and restore a right relationship with God. And Habakkuk's message is pretty simple. Make obedience to God a priority. In other words, it's not something that has that should be set on the shelf for a later time. Obey God and obey God now. And so we see some key ideas in these two short chapters. First of all, delayed obedience is really disobedience. The people were saying, now is not the time to build the temple of the Lord. And really, now is not the time is euphemistic for we won't obey. All right, We have other priorities in life. That's a really strong statement, is it? Because how often do I, or perhaps even you, decide that God wants me to do something, but we don't do it right away? What are we really doing in that moment? Well, perhaps it is the wisest choice to delay until a better time, but maybe we're just disobeying God by saying not now, but our not now is really a no. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. A second key idea is that God corrects through everyday details. When the people refused to ultimately build the temple right away, God started to use little things. He started to use poor crop yield. He started to use just things costing more money than they should. And he was trying to get their attention by setting up everyday obstacles. And that should be a lesson to us. Resistance in the everyday little things should at least give us pause and challenge us to ask, is this God trying to get my attention? It doesn't mean that every flat tire is God trying to get my attention, but it could be. It at least causes us to reflect on our lives. A third lesson, or a third key idea, God determines the value of our obedience. When the people finally turned and were starting to build the temple, they were very much discouraged because it wasn't as big and as great as they wanted. And God comes to them and says, no, you need my perspective on your obedience. When you ultimately obey, it doesn't matter how big the task is from human perspective. If you are obeying me, it is the greatest thing that you could ever do. And in other words, God is the one who sets the value of our obedience. It's not determined on the bigness or littleness of our task. Fourth lesson, 
God desires obedience with a holy life. And this is something that Malachi is really going to pick up on in, when we get to his book. But it's not just what you do on the outside. God says, I also want your heart. I want you to live holy and to do what I am telling you to do. And then the final lesson that we see in this book is God is the power behind everything that we will do. In chapter 2, verse 23, the Lord is talking to Zerubbabel, and he says, I will take thee, and then he talks about what he's going to do in the future. In other words, God says, you obey, you obey with the right heart, and you leave the results up to me because it's my power that is ultimately helping you to do everything that you are doing for me. And so the book of Haggai, make obedience a priority to God. As you read it, ask yourself, am I fully obeying God right now with the heart that is dedicated to holy living? So now we move on to Malachi. What do we need to know about Malachi? Well, Malachi is the last word of the Old Testament. After Malachi chapter 4 is written, there's 400 years of silence that doesn't get broken until we get to the book of Matthew uh, in the New Testament, or more specifically, we get to the ministry of John the Baptist, who's the next prophet in line. So it goes Malachi, John the Baptist. And the Jews at this time were living in, a, in great peace, all right? They had already built the temple. They already had the wall. This is after Ezra and Nehemiah's ministry. And they were still underneath Persian Empire, but they were pretty comfortable in their life at that time. And then Malachi comes along, and he kind of stirs the pot a little bit because he challenges them with this simple message. God rejects empty and half-hearted religion. God rejects empty and half-hearted religion. In other words, you might be doing good things on the outside, but God really knows the effort that you're putting into this relationship, and he says it's not enough. And so what themes in this book ultimately support that message? Well, Malachi gives us a lot of reminders about who God is. Chapter 1, verse 2, he's loving. He is great, all right? This idea of Lord of hosts happens 24 times. He's called Lord or Master in chapter 1, verse 6, 12, 14, chapter 3, verse 1. He's loving. He's great. He's also faithful. Chapter 3, verse 6. I am the Lord, I change not. He is still Yahweh their God. He is still the one who made covenants with them. And the people needed to be reminded about who their God was. And then Malachi moves on and he starts to attack their dead religion. And he attacks dead religion because it's not rooted in right theology. Dead religion is always rooted in defective theology. That's why the people were doubting God's love in chapter 1, verse 2. They were doubting God's righteousness in chapter 2, verse 17. They were doubting God's faithfulness in chapter 3, verse 14. And all of these doubts about who God was was affecting the way that they were exercising their religion, the way they were living out their faith. But Malachi also attacks them because dead religion accepts sinful lifestyles. If you are dead in your relationship with God, you are going to accept a whole lot of things in your life and the life of others that are frankly just wrong. And God says that is sin, but you don't care. Why? Because you're not really trying to pursue God. And that's why chapter 2, verse 10, 
Uh, the people are chastised because they have this general treachery towards one another. You couldn't trust anyone. You couldn't turn your back on anyone lest they try to take advantage of you. Chapter 3, verse 5 talks about sorcery, adultery, lies, oppression of the poor, sins against those who are working for you. Chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 talk about divorce. And all these things were beginning to be accepted in a culture that should have been a holy people living for God. But God says, no, your religion is dead, and you are accepting sinful lifestyles. And so the third real message that the book of Malachi has is this. There's a call to repent from dead religion. Remember who God is, understand that your religion is dead, and now repent from it. Why? Because judgment's coming if you continue down this path. That's what chapter 3 verse 5 tells us but also because there's a messenger who's coming and is going to prepare the Messiah's way. Chapter 3, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 5. Uh, chapter 4, 5 says, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And that's where the people are left. God says, Remember who I am. Consider your dead religion, how it's not believing what you should believe about me. Consider your dead religion, how it's accepting sin when it shouldn't. And if you really understood who I was, this would bother you too. And now repent from your dead religion because judgment is coming. And I'm sending you other people who are going to tell you about your sin, and you need to repent when you hear them. So as you read through this last word in our Old Testament, ask yourself the question, am I living in dead religion? Not a question about your salvation, but is how I am exercising my faith in what I am feeling in my heart, in the sins that I'm accepting in my life and not trying to root out. Am I somehow not believing what is right about God? Am I accepting these, these, sinful, sac these sinful ways of living in my life? And if the answer is yes, then that call to repent that Malachi gave the, uh, the, gave the Jews in his day is the same call that you and I need to answer today. Lord, forgive me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and now lead me in the way that is right. So may God bless us as we read through the books of Haggai and Malachi this year.